Welcome to Galaxy Brains, the weekly podcast from Galaxy Research. See me diving feet first, fallacies we burst till it hurts. Kicking dirt up and taking critics to the mat. Yo, I'm picking words that mess with analytics in the chat. Yo, this the time that we always hoped we'd have again. Building for the future with a slew of baddie friends. Don't you stand in line and wait for feet to pick you, man. Take a stand and build a casa like Nick Newman. I'm gripping on the earth till it stops its spin. And I'm never letting go, I've got more revolutions. Till it's time for me to end and I'm ejected into space. I'll be dripping from my pen, putting words into their place. Yo, cause I'm different, call me dissonant. Just a couple miscreants, making music for the dissidents. Savage with the visions of big corners in their mission. Honey, it's funny, we're here to fix the system and the money. As always, I'm your host, Alex Thorne, head of Firmwide Research at Galaxy Digital. Thank you for listening to Galaxy Brains. We have a great show for you today. As I said, Nick Newman, CEO and co-founder of Casa. He is our guest. We're going to talk with him about Collaborative Custody and their new product uh, roadmap. It's really interesting stuff. And of course, we'll check in with our good friend Bimnet of BB from Galaxy Trading, as always, to talk markets and macro. But before we get to all of that, I need to remind you to please refer to the link to the disclaimer on the podcast notes and note that none of the information contained in this podcast represents investment advice or an offer recommendation or solicitation by Galaxy Digital or any of its affiliates to buy or sell any securities. Yo, I am so happy we did this beat this week, Phineas. I've been wanting to rap on this for a long time. And by the way, stay tuned to the very, very, very end of the podcast. We're going to run this beat out a little bit for you. If you want to rap on it, we'd love you to send in your own versions and we will play those. But let's get right into the show. Let's go now to our friend Bimnet Abibi from Galaxy Trading. As always, Bimnet, great to see you. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I love having you on the show, and uh, gosh, I'm, I just was saying, you look you look nice. Yeah, where is your blazer, sir? I, dude, I left my blazer back at Fidelity, okay? Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> you, you don't make you look good, so, so you know. Well, anyway. we are on video, so I guess it does kind of matter to look good, but um, let's talk about the markets. I mean, I guess, you know, since, well, we didn't have you on last week, actually, and I and I have to apologize to our viewers. I told B- the, our viewers that Bimnet was on vacation, but actually I was on vacation and we weren't able to connect in order to do the weekly markets, uh, so we just didn't have it at all. Yeah, in the episode I, I don't Rom. take vac- Markets never sleep, obviously, so. <laughs> yeah. He was here in the wind, uh, waiting in the wings, but I, I was uh, uh, like in a line at Disney World, so I was unable to do it. So yep. it's been, a, it's been therefore, two weeks since we've last connected on markets, and, and a fair amount has happened. Obviously, Bitcoin rallied hard on the BlackRock, mm-hmm. I, Presumably on the BlackRock news, although it came about the rally came about like two or three days after the BlackRock news, which is a little surprising to me. But um, and we're back up over 30k. It's, Absolutely, it's deja vu su- all over again. Sustaining above 30k. Yeah, nicely right difference. now. Um, so high level, I, I, I do think the BlackRock ETF uh, application is a significant uh, market catalyst, um, and that you know as people start to price in a greater probability of, of approval. Bitcoin's prices should definitely move higher. We've seen the impact of what a spot ETF can do or rumors of a spot ETF, you know, hence the 2021 rally, um, et cetera. And like, you know, how how much gold moved after yeah. GLD. There, there's tons of good arguments to be made as to why Bitcoin's got to appreciate a lot more if a, a, a ETF is going to get approved or if that probability is is inching higher. Um, and I think it's it's on magnitude, like it's an order of magnitude higher than most people are thinking about it right now, right? Like you're talking about the world's largest asset managers um, coming into the space. There are more applications for Bitcoin ETF than I can count. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 
you know, each one of these ETF providers is going to have an incentive to market this product, get more AUM into it. It's a higher, it's a higher fee product to begin with. Um, and it's got a really great story um, at the moment. And fundamentally, all a, a good uh, asset needs or any asset needs is liquidity and a good story. And that's what yep. Bitcoin's got. And the other thing to think about is just the importance of, of having an ETF from the liquidity standpoint, right? You launch an ETF, it's going to make Bitcoin a lot more liquid from a spot state trading standpoint, from a posting it as collateral standpoint, from a derivative standpoint. And the more liquid something is, the more institutions can take a look at it, the, the larger positions that they can hold. And so it's one of those things that becomes self-fulfilling or self-reinforcing where, you know, as liquidity grows in the product, like more and more folks can jump in it and that will help yep. more and more folks jump yep, in yep, it yep. because as more people come in, there are more dip buyers, vol goes down, vol of the asset goes down, people can allocate more. Um, and so, you know, I really do think that this could be a, like a foundational paradigm shift for Bitcoin if you do actually get the approval. Right. And what we're doing now as market participants is basically trying to figure out, you know, what the distribution of Bitcoin is going to look like or it, what, what, what it looks like given the information that we have at hand. And if you start placing like higher probabilities of an ETF, your value for Bitcoin is going to start. Your expected value for Bitcoin right yeah. now is going to start yeah, yeah, yeah. climbing a lot. It's interesting. Um, uh, senior litigation analyst at Bloomberg, Elliot Stein, pegged the likelihood that the SEC would lose to Grayscale in their uh, lawsuit uh, over the GBTC conversion at 70%. So they're guessing 70% likely that Grayscale wins that case. Now, whether that results in... You know, you can win a court case without like getting the outcome you want. Like yeah. you can nominally win, but like yep, the precedent right, doesn't actually like. But if it were to force the SEC to even just relook at approving a spot Bitcoin ETF, or even in the best case scenario, force them to start approving one or force them to approve GBDC's conversion, that you could see then as the the catalyst for a near term approval of others like BlackRock's and Fidelity's and whomever's, right? So like it does seem and then and then you have to ask like why now? I mean why you know why BlackRock now? They didn't file for one in twenty twenty one when everyone else did, right? I mean Fidelity and Vesco yeah. and State Street and, and everybody like had filed actually maybe not State Street, but Wisdom Tree and ARC and all those people had filed, right? There was thirty five filings. But no BlackRock, right? And then now at the at seemingly the height of peak regulatory FUD in some ways. Well, fear. it seems clearer than ever that Bitcoin is going to come out of this looking the strongest. Yeah. Right. Relative to the entirety of, of the crypto industry, you know, it seems like Bitcoin is going to be unscathed. And if you're one of the world's large asset managers or anyone that manages any real money and it looks like there's a clear winner in crypto and you've got clear regulatory framework around it, um, then it just opens you up yeah. for, for business. And, and what they see is a business opportunity, right? They clearly view it as an asset that's probably going to go up, that's going to have tremendous trading volume, lots of interest, and it's a product that's been around for over a decade now. Right. It ain't going away. And so if it ain't going away, you might as well make money off of it. Yep. And I think that's where a lot of these institutions stand at the moment. So, and, and we saw a little bit of an alt rally fall on the mm -hmm. back of the Bitcoin rally, but that looks to have stalled. A bit, and yep. ETH BTC is notably lower than, you know, it's not like ridiculously low, but it's starting. It's grinding. To, it's starting about, to it's down low. about ten percent on the month. Yeah. So, um, what does the rest of crypto look like at the moment in your mind? I mean, everything looks pretty awful versus Bitcoin. Yeah. 
Uh, Bitcoin is the ultimate asset in, in, in crypto right now. The only reason these alts pump, for the most part, are short covering rallies. Yeah. Nobody is fundamentally being like, I need to get long some of these protocols. I need to get long you know, optimism with an insane, like, unlock schedule. And, like, new money, right? Yeah, like, oh, I need to get long, you know, Polygon, Solana, these things that the SEC is clearly deeming, you know, securities, about, right? right? Like, wait, oh, I need to get long another new uh, yeah, L1 catalyst, blockchain. Catalyst like, wait, not there we need more that. block space. Like, there is no story, And you really. mentioned, too, there's some base effect here happening, too, right? If someone's yeah. down, like, 98% exactly. on the year. or on And the, it moves or, up a dollar, it might be up, like, <laughs> A hundred percent, and <laughs> yeah. so like people are like, "Oh my God, look at these alt moves!" No, st step back. Like, if Solana goes from you know fifteen dollars to sixteen, yeah, it's a reasonable percent gain. But remember, we came from two hundred, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, I, like, so what else are you looking at then uh, in in macro and in markets right yeah, now? I mean, so what's the I, data been looking? Anything interesting? Oh that stands my out God, to you? There, there's so much yeah. to be honest. Uh, my favorite thing right now that I've been looking at and keeping track of is China and dollar CNH. Thing is just gapping. Their currency is depreciating like crazy. Their wow. economy is in shambles. They've got a looming like youth uh, unemployment crisis, really? and they're cutting they're cutting interest rates and and engaging in easy monetary policy. While the rest of the developed developed world is doing the complete opposite, um, and so that's been an interesting dynamic. Wow. And then this morning you had a panel. I forgot what who organized it, but you had the G four central bank heads all on t on TV today in Portugal. Goal. Wow. It was Governor Bailey, uh, Ueda from Japan, uh, Christine, Lagarde. Christine Lagarde, and Jerome, our, 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 our main guy. And it was so interesting because uh, I watched this thing last year. And grateful Ueda Dead, was it? Yeah, Grateful Dead, <laughs> uh, I watched this thing last year, and it was so funny because Bailey was like hawkish. Powell was very hawkish, and Lagarde was just so dovish. <laughs> and and now it's like those three guys or three people are all super hawkish, and they're like, inflation's still an issue. Right. We have to keep going. And then you've got the Japanese guy still stuck at negative interest rates and having yield curve control with 4% inflation. What does he say? Being like... Uh, we still think that, you know, in, inflation is, is lower and, like, they're concerned about the risk. We're going to wait to see how it develops Total in 2024. Outlier. We don't know. Total outlier. I mean, it was it was just so traumatic. But literally, I kept thinking about it. And I'm like, that's the reason I'm long Bitcoin because you've got a reckless BOJ with a money printer that they try to solve everything with. And, and even when they're hit with an issue that every other academic across the world says that you're supposed to tackle, right? Like, what did the ECB do? The crazy dovish ECB, BO, all of the EM, right? All of these crazy academics, right, were like, what is the appropriate policy response to high inflation? And they were like, raise interest rates. And these guys <laughs> are still stuck at negative rates. Yeah. It's Makes crazy. absolutely no sense. And then the other thing is like, you know, it... it, it I've seen these central bankers before, and it's like their true colors are they're addicted to the money printer. <laughs> like, it's like every single, like, I keep thinking about it. It's like they were talking about our policies coordinated. Yeah, they're coordinated. These guys all talk, et cetera. But fundamentally, you know what holds all of these things together, right? It's the U.S. dollar. And what holds the dollar together is the fucking money printer. Mm -hmm. We are going to backstop everything. If treasuries go crazy, we're going to buy a crazy amount of them. Oh, if dollars funding goes crazy, here's a swap line to every single bank. Oh, if you can't fund your munis, here's a, a lending facility. If your bank is going, uh, if it's, there's 
there's a bank run, yeah, we got, you know, this facility where you can borrow at par. You can take a bond at 20 cents and borrow $100 versus that. <laughs> like, it, it is absurd. The entirety of money is backed by the full faith and confidence in the U.S. to print money and people to accept it because the U.S. Is, has got – you know, we got good ships printer. and nukes and shit like that. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Anyway, I'm I sorry. Love I'm going this on is a great. tangent. Bimnet Abibi from Galaxy Trading, as always, my friend. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. Let's go now to our guest, Nick Newman, CEO, co-founder of Casa. Welcome uh, to the show, Nick. Great to have you. Thanks, Alex. Great to be here. Yeah, so um, I'm, I've been wanting to make this interview happen for a long time. Yeah, um, you text me once a month and say, <laughs> hey, are you ready for a podcast yet? I do, and I've known I've known you for quite a while as well. Um I'm, I've been a user of Casa for a long time as well, so I'm, I'm really excited to have you here. Let's start right off the bat. What is Casa, um, if our audience is unaware? Yeah, so Casa makes it easy for people to simply, safely hold private keys. And those private keys store their money right now in the form of Bitcoin and recently added Ether. And so, um, you know, we saw when we started Casa five years ago, we saw a problem, which was that you could either trust a custodian with your crypto, which has lots of problems, or you could try to hold your own keys and people were losing money left and right because they were making mistakes. And so we've really focused on making it as easy as possible for everybody to hold their crypto in a safe way while holding their own keys. And yeah. so that's that's the gist of what Casa is in a in a package, making private keys easier for people. Yeah, and and on the ground, right? It, it's you have a great mobile app, makes it really easy. Um, is it for iPhone and Android, or just yeah, so both? Both. Wow, um, it's and, both, and it integrates with Ledger, Trezor, Cold Card, all the different hardware yeah. wallets. We actually you integrate can those, so you've got which a, to. So I use a Cold Card yeah. uh, with my Casa, uh, two of three multi sig uh, or multi key account, um, but I guess for the Ethereum. Addition of ETH um, can can cold card work? For that? No, so cold card doesn't so. work for that. So yeah. that's that's one of the things that we, you know, we handle for you. In so the if product. I add that, if I had been using Ledger, yeah, um, or Trezor, which obviously support Ethereum, uh, for my existing Bitcoin vault, and then I add the ETH vault, can I? I can use the same. You can use the same key if is that, if, is that if advised or. Yeah, if the Fine. key supports both, yeah, then that's great because, and we actually would would suggest it because. Simplicity is is the best thing you can do with your security. Yeah. There's so many people that are trying to set up all these different things. They've yeah. got this treasure map of where their keys are and trying to get real smart about it. And then they don't think about it for a year and a year later, they've like forgot a pin or something like that and they've lost money. So some, so. some have described this business model um, or product design, I guess, as collaborative custody. I've heard that in the past. Uh, we can debate whether that term is totally accurate but but why is that what what is it like that they're saying how is this different than just using a hardware wallet by itself yeah i think collaborative custody is one way to describe it that's like ki kind of hits on it sometimes we'll talk about shared security but the the biggest thing to think about is is custody on a spectrum for crypto and for bitcoin and uh ether specifically and so you've on the one end got a custodian which is very much like the legacy financial system. You're just totally trusting somebody else to hold your keys, hold keys for you and, and hold your Bitcoin with those keys. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got 
full self-custody maybe on a single hardware wallet or in a mobile app or something like that. And that's where you're holding the keys and you've got full responsibility. If you lose a key, you've lost all your funds. Right. And so those were what existed before Casa came around and made multi-sig is what it's called, but we, we kind of started talking about it as multi-key wallets mm-hmm. or vaults. And that is using multiple keys sometimes held by different parties to secure one pool of funds. So with Casa, as the simplest example, you've got one key on your phone, one key on a hardware wallet, and then one key that's actually held by Casa. And so you need two of those three keys to spend funds. And if you lose your hardware wallet, for example, in the old world model, your SOL, unless you have your seed phrase and can recreate it and all that, with Casa, you still have the key on your phone. You still have the key held by Casa that you can always count on. And we can actually help you recover your right. wallet and recover your funds. And so that's where you get into this shared security model where you still have full control. Casa can't move funds without you. We're only one key out of the three or one key out of the five at our higher security plan. Right. But, um, you know, you can fall back on us if you make a mistake and use us to help recover your funds. Yeah, I love it. I also love the fact that I, I now I don't know, if I'm not an expert necessarily in like hardware wallet usage or Bitcoin security uh, design. But one thing I love about a multi-sig setup is that I, I don't feel the need to keep the seed phrase lying around for that, for that even in that one of that two of three setup. Yeah, it becomes um, very much an, a, a more of an optional thing for people. And what we found when we were first creating the product is just people were scared of holding seed phrases. They're like, I've got this 24 word piece of paper. What do I do well, with and, this? And it is the private key. Like you're, right. you're it's if a very vulnerable that, piece of paper. Like, you're done. Yeah. And so they don't know how to save that securely. And um, honestly, that job is much better done by the hardware. And when you have to go write uh, the seed down on a piece of paper, you're putting a private key somewhere that is right. not protected by hardware meant to protect private keys. And so with the CASA setup, you can, because it's not so important to restore a single key right. if you lose it, it's not as important to keep your seed phrase. Some people still prefer to keep it because Which is fine. You know, they, they want that extra level. They feel of, of security. They feel um, comfortable securing it themselves. And so, and that's totally fine. But we think that most people will not use seed phrases when we get to, you know, mystical mass adoption of yeah. Bitcoin. I, I like it. I like not using it. The reason, of course, you keep, you have the seed phrase and you, and you would keep it around is for redundancy, right? If you mm-hmm. break or lose access yeah. or lose the hardware wallet itself, you can just use the seed phrase to reconstitute the, the whole wallet in a different device or in a different piece of software. Yeah. Um, but in this case, with a multi-sig setup, you have other redundancies, right? Like if I if I lose break or lose access to my hardware wallet, then I still have the the key stored in my phone's secure enclave. Yep. And I have Casa, so then I just say, Hey, Nick, like my I lost this hardware wallet, but I've got this other key. Like we have to collaborate together to build a new wallet with a new. I'll get a new hardware wallet, whatever. So I have other redundancy, which it, which and that I like that redundancy of the other device and the you know the company to work with mm-hmm. that feels much better to me than and this is just personal opinion by the way again like i said people can have been self-custing many ways for years but that's what i've always liked about this collaborative custody type model or this multi yeah. multi key vaults 
um, with with a um, uh, a technology provider also holding one of the keys as a as a sort of a resource. Yeah, it feels very very reassuring to me. It's it's in the middle on the spectrum, and it gives you all the benefits of holding your own keys without the drawbacks of doing it just solely by yourself. Yeah. It, it helps mitigate some of that. And what we always say is it removes single points of failure. So you just have a much more resilient setup and you've it now takes multiple things to fail for you to lose your money. Yeah. And that's pretty difficult to do. Like people can make a lot of mistakes, but it's pretty hard to lose multiple keys at the same time unless <laughs> you have really not set something up correctly. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk now. Why would you want to like? Why should people self? We'll call it self custody broadly because it really is self custody with a couple extra steps. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why should people be self custodying their Bitcoin? I think when you really look at the history of our industry over the last decade since it was started, um, there are time and time again custodians cause problems, and that is because the asset itself is fundamentally different. It's they're, they're bearer assets that don't have all the, the ability to reverse transactions or the ability to go claw back funds if they get lost or stolen. You can actually lose funds by accidentally sending them to the wrong place or by losing the keys. And so over the history of Bitcoin, we have seen repeatedly institutions that were holding keys for people and securing all of their people's Bitcoin acting as a custodian fail for a multitude of reasons. Yeah. I mean, so with even within the last year, we've seen different reasons ranging from, you know, complete fraud and misuse of customer funds to losing keys to trusting, like lending funds to other people and yep. then you still, ha and, and going bankrupt and then you still have the customer's assets, but they're tied up in bankruptcy court. There's tons of ways that a custodian can mess this up and there just aren't the regulatory, uh, there isn't the regulatory strictness to try to bring these custodians up to the level of the legacy financial system. But even then the, the, the tech itself is just different. And so even with the best regulations, you're only going to cover it so far. And so what, what we always say is nobody cares about protecting your money as much as you do. I like that. So hold your own keys, like protect your money yourself. And that's you make it easier. And we make it easier. And it's something that when you think about it, everybody's like, oh, that's that's hard. I, I don't <laughs> want to do it. And Casa's pretty easy, I will say. It's, it's pretty easy. We have people there to help you. But if you think about it on a relative, relative to any point in history, this is the easiest it's ever been to secure your own money. Because historically, you always had to go, you know, you had to have a safe for your gold that you're mm -hmm. keeping somewhere. Yeah. You don't want to be storing cash, like piles of cash in your house. Like everything was physical. Now we have a way. And there was digital money, but it was all kind of based on physical money. And there was no way to prove that di like pure digital money was not being double spent or owned by multiple people until Bitcoin introduced cryptography into the equation. Right. So now cryptography's made it easier than it's ever been in the history of the world to secure your own money. All it takes is a thumb drive. And so that we fundamentally believe is a flip in technology that will enable and catalyze many, many more people to hold their to hold their own keys to secure their own money because that trade-off of trusting somebody else versus doing the work yourself has changed significantly in favor of doing the work yourself.
So how it sounds like, and I guess it shouldn't, shouldn't be surprised based on who you are and who you guys are at Casa and what you're building, but the the self custody, the capability of self custodying um, your assets that you know Bitcoin introduced, and of course with Ether and, and other similar cryptos, they allow is fundamental to the value proposition here for crypto. Is that yeah. true in your mind? Yeah, it's like why would you use all of this new tech around? cryptography, you know, decentralized networks and nodes and systems and just rebuild the old legacy financial system where it centralizes into a bunch of like, you know, central yeah. institutions that manage everything. You lose all of the value proposition of it. Yeah. And so like to I think to the people that really understand the tech, the value proposition is not about the speculative casino of trading a bunch of assets and trying to make more gains in fiat terms. Yep. The value is trying to build a system that is more distributed, it puts control into the hands of individuals and lets people actually have that control over their money. And that's the ultimate core building block of everything that is in this industry. And I think people, for the sake of kind of you know, simplicity or doing things that they feel used to, basically, they've tended to lean more towards that custodial side of things. And we learn this lesson repeatedly over and over and over again. And we've seen it a bunch with most recently Prime Trust, um, Binance, commingling customer funds with their company funds, uh, FTX, massive fraud, Celsius misusing like gambling customer funds and random DeFi protocols and losing a bunch of money. Um, Prime Trust actually lost the keys, so that was the that's what came out the right. Keys. The, yeah. the or that's so, what's alleged at the moment. Yeah, I think, but but alleged like in court by the Nevada. So, or so it's I saw like a, a document. It's or like something. a complaint. So, okay, that, so in a complaint, so the, they, then they'll go litigate it. Yeah. I guess. So the allegation is that Prime Trust actually lost access to a large portion of funds. Right, like eighty million dollars. So they of just funds. like. Right. So to your point, it's either you could be on one side of the spectrum, you know, fraud, theft, but it could just be like negligence, a mistake. And yeah. in, in Prime Trust, what they're alleging is negligence of losing the keys, but then also taking customer funds and trying to like gamble their way back out of that hole. Which one, one last, obviously one big not. trade, one final. Yeah. Throw it they, all on black. It's always the, yeah, exactly. It's always like the um, the thefts and the, the thieves in the movies where they're like, they're just like one last job, yeah. man. One final job exactly. to set us up. It always works in the movies, though. <laughs> it didn't work this time. Yeah, except for in, um, uh, Point Break, that one. That's a great I old one. I haven't seen that one. Great old one with Keanu Reeves. At the, well, he's an undercover copy. I think he catches them at the end. But um, I actually just watched Ocean's Eleven two nights ago. Yo, good movie. Great movie. I got to go back and watch some of these. The, honestly, we haven't had good heist movies in yeah. quite a long time. It was a great genre. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, maybe there should be a – we should have a good crypto heist movie because to your point, there have been so many. But you didn't even mention some of the famous hacks that have happened. Oh, That's yeah. Like, may not even have been actually negligence on the part of the custodian or I guess it was because like they shouldn't – they should have been more secure. But mm-hmm. Mount Gox probably was negligence. Gox, but like – but there's been Bitfinex. others. Yeah, but Binance was hacked. Their yeah. cold wallet, remember, was like $40 million at one point. Yeah. He, uh, CZ had floated rolling back the chain. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Actually. <laughs> I mean, that was just a random thing. But so, yes, there's a there's a and I guess the issue is like these will there will always be. I mean, look at traditional finance. Let's be real. There's there's 
still fraud. There, yeah. there will always be fraud. Yeah, and that stuff happens. Right, you just hope that you're not, if you're trusting a custodian. You or, hope you're not part of it, like yeah, caught up in it. You just hope you just like trusted the correct one. Yeah, but what's interesting is when you when you hold your money yourself, and if you have the right tools to help you do it right, you reduce that risk significantly because it really takes you messing up a lot in order to uh, result in losing your funds. Whereas when you're trusting somebody else to hold it, it's really a black box. You're just... And they become a huge honeypot. Exactly. So like... It's a honeypot. Yeah, with self-custody, you you significantly flatten out and broaden the sort of like attack surface. Like becomes much more difficult. Like you'd have to be like specifically individually targeted. Exactly. Basically. Mm -hmm. And you could be. I mean, but like whereas there's probably. You're much more likely to like make mistakes with self-custody. You're much more likely to lose funds by making a mistake than by theft because the theft is just not worth it. And so when people are putting together their their setups, they're thinking like, okay, I got to protect against thieves. And so I'm going to do this super complicated thing. Got it. And that's how they end up shooting themselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we try to help people keep it simple. And Casa is actually protected against multiple thefts. Like we've had instances where somebody had a customer had their house broken into yep. and their ledger was so they were on targeted. Their desk. And yeah. the person stole their ledger, but that ledger was part of their Casa multi-key, three-key vault. And so they couldn't get any funds. <laughs> we had another guy who was um, like drugged and they were trying to steal money from his we're trying to get phone. Him. Yeah. And so they were like getting him to like log into Coinbase and that kind of thing. And he was drugged. So he did it. And then it didn't matter because his stuff was in a multi-sig. Yeah. And Casa, and he, so, he didn't have the hardware wallet on him or whatever. Right. And it's like he couldn't yeah. even do it if he wanted to. Yeah. And so... That's where having the right tool with self-custody can really help. And for the most part, like you were saying, like that attack surface is spread out so much right. that you, there's no honeypot to go after. And so it reduces the overall systemic risk right. in general. Love that. Um, and, and if you're the type of person that is worried about being targeted by an attacker because you do have enough funds or you're a public person or something like that, like we actually have a higher security tier that is a five key vault. It's more keys. You distribute them geographically. And we've got a a client service team that has like all of the, um, all these emergency protocols that we set up with our, our customers at that level. And we really are, are very familiar with serving that type of client. And so there's a, for those people, there's a solution too. Love that. Um, so anyway, I, th- I think it's something that we, we've put a lot of thought into this, and I think it's something that people can um, feel more comfortable and find that it's easier than they thought it was if they just give it a shot. Yeah. Um, so Bitcoin is the largest asset by network value is usually what I say, which is a semantic joke on market cap. Yeah. Ether is the second largest but the Ethereum ecosystem is mm-hmm. quite large. If yeah. you include all the tokens and all the NFTs yeah. and whatnot, um, Casa just added ETH, right? So for the for four years and nine months or so mm-hmm. yep. of Casa's five year life, uh, you could only store Bitcoin there, but now you can store Ether yep. um, in a in an adjacent vault with mm-hmm. similar setup and and I'm assuming customer service and stuff. What drove the decision to add ETH, um, to add anything, but then Ether specifically and say not, I don't know, like Solana or something. Yeah. 
Um, and and what's the reaction been so far from your, your client base? I mean, the biggest driver of it was our customers. We had people supporting Ether was the largest customer request for two years, yeah. basically. Yeah. And during that time, we we knew we didn't have the resources to do it right because as a security company, we really want to make sure that when we do something, we're doing it to the level of quality that we want it to be at from both a security perspective and from a usability perspective. And that bar for us is much higher than it is for most companies in our industry. And so we really wanted to stay focused on Bitcoin as the biggest asset by network, whatever yeah. you said. Network value. Network value. <laughs> and uh, that was the right decision for the first few years of our life. And then we listened to our customers and started mapping out what's the roadmap to securing Ether and just generally entering the Ethereum ecosystem. And that's that's what really drove that decision. Yeah. Um, for us, the way that we, we view private keys uh, much broader than just being a crypto wallet. We view this at, as a decade-long expansion into private keys securing everything important in your life that is digital. So our money has become very digital. Our identity has become very digital. Our communications are all very digital. All of those things are made better by private keys and put more into control of people by private keys. And so we want to be the place where you actually hold those keys and use those keys. So back to Ethereum, Ethereum was the first step along that path in terms of it being an ecosystem where there are different types of money, different types of assets that people are wanting to secure. We aren't really even, we're not even talking or thinking about expanding into other cryptocurrencies right yeah. now. Like for us, the we can be a much better product by focusing on fewer things that cover, that the majority of people want to do. Yep. And making the core experience of holding private keys for those currencies as easy as possible. I, I think it's fascinating. I, I, um, it makes complete sense to me that people would want to hold Bitcoin and Ether. If you own both, Personally, if you buy an index of this market, I've made this case a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Like, They're different assets. And I think together, both obviously on a market cap weighted basis, like I think Ether, Bitcoin, and stable coins are 75% of the total market cap of the yeah. entire crypto space. But also like from a narrative standpoint, the things that cryptocurrencies do and can do. Uh, if you have Bitcoin, you got you got a huge one. You got like maybe the, you definitely got the oldest one and, mm -hmm. and currently still the biggest one, which is sort of money, right? Yeah. Uh, but you don't have any of the blockchain type stuff, right? Because right. mo most of that's not happening on Bitcoin. But it's all basically happening on Ether. So like, if you were to buy Bitcoin and Ether in any percentage, like you're you're holding essentially the entirety of the current market, yeah. in my opinion. We wrote a big report about this called Ready Layer One in November 2021, saying that Bitcoin is different. It's over here. It's a whole separate thing. Read our Bitcoin report to learn about that. Mm -hmm. But general computation blockchains, it's Ethereum's game to lose. Yeah, totally. It's Ethereum and a bunch of competitors. Yeah. So it makes sense that you would add that um, and that people would ask for it. I'm, I'm interested in particular also about when and, and, and where uh, is it on your roadmap to add NFT custody support? into there. Yeah, so I think we we think that that is a natural addition to what people are securing and as as you 
step into the Ethereum ecosystem, you people expect that not only will they be able to store their Ether with you, they'll be able to store their token ERC20 tokens, yeah. their NFTs. And so that's something that is more of a win than an if in yep. my mind. Yep. And it's something that we're really listening to our customers to see what are the most important things for you right yep. now to be doing. And that that includes Bitcoin. Like there are right. things we could be doing with Bitcoin right now that we are very I, excited bothered, about. I've bothered you over the years with about some Bitcoin product improvements. Yeah. Um, uh, some of the stuff that people are doing now with Miniscript, though, but like time, time locking. Super trans- interesting. Yeah. Um, time locking within the Miniscript yeah, context. Yeah, cool time locking stuff would be fun. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's something that we are, we prioritize it all together based on like what we are yeah. hearing from our customers. And so that's why it's a question of of when um, versus like, yeah, tomorrow we'll have NFT support. Well, and that's the thing um, too, is I look at, um, I raised this partly because some of the um, some of the plebs on Twitter, the Bitcoin only maxis, um, really mostly, I, I mostly saw like relatively unknown smaller accounts complaining about this, but saying, "Oh, Casa's added Ether. They've 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 added the Great Satan, like or whatever, yeah. right? We're, <laughs> we're they're no longer like a, a Bitcoin only company. I'll never use them. And of course, yeah. none of these people used Casa anyway. Um, <laughs> but like that criticism to me has always seemed stupid for even just a simple reason. If I have, you're a security company and I love the way you help me secure my Bitcoin and mm-hmm. the, well, I, it's not the only thing I own like in crypto or otherwise to your right. point in a bigger thing, like, well, gosh, I'd love to have like, dude, I'd like to have my house keys in a multi-sig someday. Yeah, I think there's some interesting. You know what I mean? Like, there. like there's some interesting. I want you to you secure know. everything. I want to. I'd like to put some dollars in there eventually, if that's right. about, you know what I totally. mean. Like, yeah. So like to, it's for a company like a essentially a custody or a self custody company, a self custody service provider. To me, it's like I want literally if if you're good at it, I want literally everything I could possibly have in there. Yeah, and the, you know, on the one hand, I think we're lucky to work in an industry where people get so riled up passionate passionate that's the word i was looking for yeah people are very passionate about what we're doing and so in a way we're lucky there because you know it feels different than building a calendar app or something like that that people aren't super pissed when you add a new (laughs) thing to it it's true um and so in a way we're lucky there and then i think that's the it's a benefit and a curse where sometimes people get upset with you when you do things. But we were very strongly guided by our existing customer base in this. And so, and and when you look at some of the things from a more market perspective, like in terms of what you were saying earlier, like the, the market caps and then also you, um, you know, there were surveys that were, I think suggesting about 80% of people that own crypto hold both Bitcoin and ether. (laughs) And so it's like, how are you going to cut out that yeah. so many of those people want to want the simplicity of storing both in one place? Yeah. And that before Casa, that did not exist for multi-key vaults. You could not do a multi-key vault for Bitcoin and Ethereum in one spot. Yeah. And so we're the only place you can do that right now. It's awesome. And 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 actually, one of the interesting things I've always uh, I've mentioned about Bitcoin development that stands out, like you don't have an enormous amount of on-chain developers on Bitcoin, of Bitcoin, even Bitcoin core development, 
right? We're always trying to get these developers grants. There's not mm -hmm. enough of them. Um, I even argue, even though the, some of the, the core devs were aware, like they didn't make the masses aware of the implications of Taproot when it comes to something like ordinals, which yeah. they could have. And I feel like that would have come out in Ethereum's core development process because there's so many more people working on it. And that's partly because you can't really build on Bitcoin the protocol the way you can build on Ether the protocol, right? Yeah. And that's by, been by design. And and that's perfectly um, great for Bitcoin. It is. and and But you know what's in – I agree completely, and it's by design. And I, I like that's why I like Bitcoin in right. many ways. But it meant that a lot of the innovation that's happened in the Bitcoin world has happened in things like hardware. Mm -hmm. We've got the block clock here behind me. Ethereum like hardware wallets, uh, security stuff, none of it's as good as the Bitcoin side. And so that's one of the things I'm really excited about here is bringing the the Bitcoin security standards yeah. to Ether. Because I don't even know of anywhere easy or good to store Ether on a self-custody. I know I, I know that like Trezors and Ledgers can do Yeah, you can do, do it. it on a hardware wallet. But you it's like Meta, it in, I mean, most people are just yeah. in MetaMask. Right. Even without a hardware wallet. Oh, I mean, yeah. The vast I think, majority. I think so a lot of people much... have been onboarded to Ether through MetaMask. And I think that that's something that, um, you know, is... Is, MetaMask is great, great. for yeah. what it's meant for. And even they know, like even the MetaMask team is like, they want to help people be as secure in their self-custody as possible and then use MetaMask as that gateway to the rest of the ecosystem like you're supposed to. Right. I think it's just that they the Ethereum user base compared to the Bitcoin user base has much less experience in security, I think. And, and so bringing them a product like this, I think, is going to have a lot of impact. Yeah. And I think the it's it's a mindset shift for people, um, and there are some things that will work differently between the Bitcoin and Ethereum ecosystems from a security perspective. Um, but we've done as a, a lot of work to really make it feel like a unified experience between the two, and to bring as many of those security properties from Bitcoin as we can over to the Ethereum yeah. side of things. Really cool. Um, well, what else do you have uh, going on at Casa though? So what's the next? Is it building out ETH? What's what's the next big push? You just launched this ETH thing. We just launched Ethereum support. So we're really we are working with customers through adding. So you, you got know, so all a lot of these existing customers in particular who'd been asking for it are like, yeah, okay, now now I'm, I'm ready to get set let's up. Let's get and, set up. Yeah. And one of you know I kind of touched on this earlier, but one of the big benefits about being a Casa client is. If you want to, you can get on the phone with us and right. do a video call where we will help you set everything up That's great. so that you know that you're doing it right. And so right now we're just booking up the calendars with people, making sure that they can get their Ethereum vault set up right. And that's been super exciting and we're getting feedback from people, um, you know, and, and so then we're thinking about what comes next and there's all the things within the Ethereum ecosystem that are interesting, you know, I think staking is something that is currently um, very, most people do this in a centralized way. You know, they're going through Coinbase or something like that. I and mean, even if they use like Lido, which is a more decentralized way of doing it, like between the user and Lido, it's still centralized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so um, one of the things that we're thinking about is how can we bring that more to the roots of like the user having control over their staking with their keys, but not make them run their own node. Yep. There's some interesting ways that we can do that. We're talking to some people about that. Um, on the Bitcoin side of things, we are 
excited about some of the things that have been enabled with Miniscript. Yep. I think um, that's bringing programmability to Bitcoin in a way that hasn't really been there before. And it's something that has, Miniscript itself has been around for a while, but the hardware wallets just started supporting it. So Ledger just started supporting it. Coldcard literally added support like last week yeah. or something like that. And so there's definitely a, it's a bit of a path to get there because it's not, it's a complex system. And we want to take the same kind of care with that that we have with the other things that we've built. And um, that, but that's something that we're excited about and something that we see as, as a way to take the Bitcoin security side of things to the next level. Love it. Nick Newman, co-founder, CEO of Casa. Congratulations on the new launch. And uh, thanks for coming on Galaxy Brains, my friend. Thank you. Glad to be here. That's it for this episode of Galaxy Brains. Thank you for listening. Thanks to our guest, Nick Newman, CEO and co-founder of Casa. Great conversation. And our friend Bimnet Abibi from Galaxy Trading, as always. Have a great long weekend for 4th of July. Hey, like I said at the beginning of the show, stick around to the very, very end of the pod if you want to hear that beat again. I would love it if some of you would rap or sing on that beat and send it in to us uh, at research at galaxy.com. We would feature anything that you did. Have a great long weekend. Thanks for listening to Galaxy Brains, the weekly podcast from Galaxy Research. If you enjoy the show, please like, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. To follow Galaxy Research, sign up for our weekly newsletter at gdr.email, read our content at galaxy.com research, and follow us on Twitter at glxyresearch. See you next week.